0: Welcome back to another episode of NBA Real Talk. Today we are going to break down the current state of the NBA and all the exciting news that's going on and throw in a few stats that you may not be aware of. This time of year is exciting because as the trade deadline gets closer and closer, everyone starts to freak out. Spence, talk to me a little bit about
1: AD and what's going on there. So we do have some updates since we last discussed this. Um, it, it's just interesting to me the teams he's willing to go to and not willing to go to. So, for example, he's got the Bucks high on his list, which I think is awesome because it goes to show me that he's willing, to, he wants to win a championship. And he said he chooses legacy over money. which he, Because these guys know they're making money no matter what. Yes. There's no way you don't make money. Well, especially AD. He'll, he he has sponsorships, and he's making tons of money outside of just his contract. But I like that he's not just like, I mean, number one, it's sincere. He wants to go to the Lakers because he sees LeBron James, and he knows he could team up, and he wants to win titles. Why would Why would
0: AD want to play with LeBron? Because we hear all this stuff about, it doesn't make any sense. LA's given up their entire team for AD, a guy that can barely stay healthy. You know, why would he want to play with LeBron in a franchise where they've been struggling? There's GM issues. Luke Walton's not someone you can trust. Why go there and not go to Boston? Or why go
1: there and not go to the Clippers? What do you think? So for me it's just it's you know obviously LeBron I mean he goes to the finals every every single year and and yeah it'll be different this year it's not going to happen uh e- even if he wasn't injured to me they're not making the finals unless this year
0: unless the Warriors get hit by a bus.
1: Yeah. But anytime you have LeBron James on the roster you have a chance of winning a championship. I mean you look at 2016 the greatest team ever assembled and you think well there's no way anyone can beat them and i thought that too even i mean the warriors were up 3-1 who on god's green earth thought that there's a team that could beat the warriors and who did it yeah kyrie hit that shot smooth fadeaway 3 i mean it was nuts i went ballistic watching but, that but who led who
0: led exactly. both teams in every single stat and some people will downplay it and say well maybe they really weren't the greatest regular season team ever the 73 and 9 record doesn't really reflect how good they really were. Maybe that was just a soft year. No, maybe that just speaks volumes for how good LeBron James is.
1: Yeah, and, and the fact that AD wants to play with him, but then also wants, hey, the Bucks are, are, are up on his list. Like he wants to go to a team that realistically can win championships. Let me ask you about his fit, potential fit on the Bucks. I that's a
0: mystery because you look at a guy like Brook Lopez, who is usually like a true big man and has evolved his game to where he's averaging three threes a game. Crazy. And this is a guy that you wouldn't trust outside of 10 feet two years ago. So I don't really know. And Greek Freak is so ball dominant that – and and he has gotten a lot more unselfish I just don't see how you could make that scenario work at all. Not even from a a playing perspective, but who do you give up to get AD? Your team's already top of the East, top of the NBA actually right now. You have the best record. Why would you mess with a good thing when your role players in Milwaukee are perfect at what they do? Brogdon's a tough defender. You know, Chris Middleton's a 3 and D guy. Brooke Lopez is freaking raining from deep. I just don't see a scenario where that works. I mean, sure you get rid of Bledsoe, but I don't know if there's anyone that really, really wants Bledsoe in his contract.
1: Yeah, so if I'm if I'm looking at it from New Orleans perspective, I'm not really keen on taking any of those guys from Milwaukee. It's just here's the thing. You have great role players. Middleton's having a great year, named an all star, um, and Brogdon and, and they're they're at the top of the league defensively, but can you imagine playing devil's advocate here if you do add A D, that length is insane. And you're already a top defensive team, and then you add like a defensive player of the year type of candidate with length for days. I True. just think I think you always err on the side of bringing the superstar over because how many times do you see teams win in the NBA, like win the finals without superstars? Like when was the last time? Dallas. So Dallas, and even then... But Dirk was a superstar then. Dirk was a superstar. And before that, you could kind of argue the Spurs, but Timmy D was kind of a superstar. He's the best power forward of all time. And I hate to say that, but he really is. So... Like, when was the last team that won the championship without a superstar? And now you can say, of course, well, Greek Freak is a superstar, but to me, he's still unproven. What has he done in the playoffs? He's having a breakout year. He's an MVP candidate. Like, he's a top two MVP pa- candidate with James Harden. But, man, you, you, I, I just, he hasn't done it in the playoffs. Well, and I was
0: going to say that Milwaukee doesn't shoot well enough from three. Come to find out, they're actually second in three-point shooting.
1: And that transformation from last year. Yeah, you know, last year. Me let's
0: just talk about the Bucks real quick, under Coach Budenhol- Mike Bud- Budenholzer. So right now they're thirty-seven and thirteen, so they have the best record in the entire NBA. Okay. Last year they were eleventh in offensive rating, twenty-third in defensive rating, twenty-eighth in three-point field goals or his three-pointers made a game and dead last in rebounds per game this year under Buddenholzer and this speaks volumes for coaching this can't just be hey a, a better you know Greek Freak's a better leader this year he's doing this all himself no this is absolutely coaching so they have the best record in the league offensive rating they're fourth in the league Defensive rating, they're first in the NBA. Three-pointers made second, which blows my mind because I don't think of them yeah. as a three-point shooting team behind Golden State. And rebounds per game, at four, just a hair under 50 rebounds a game, they are first in the NBA. They went from dead last to first. So the Bucks are killing it. They've figured it out. That's why I feel like... Even having trade talks with AD doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and I I understand it from that perspective. You've got a really good thing going. And, and, I mean, sign me up to be on that coach's team. Because in the offseason, to just change your philosophy, I believe they take the most amount of three-pointers of any team in the league, which is freaking smart. Play, hey, look, the game has evolved. We've discussed this in the past. Play Play to win, and that means hit threes. Play
0: play your best five and spread them out. And then when you have a guy like Greek Freak that can take anyone off the dribble, it gives him more room to do what he does best. So, there's Milwaukee. Boston was in the running for him. 80s dad came out and said, after what happened to Isaiah Thomas, he would never let his son go to Boston. Who knows if that holds water or not, but... That's what he said, and it seems like from what AD has expressed, it's Milwaukee, the Clippers, or the Lakers, or bust. So Clippers, I don't know. I don't see that happening. If you're going to go to LA, you might as well play with the best player on the planet. Play with LeBron James, and AD, I think AD understands, like you said earlier, LeBron makes it to the finals every year. Whether I love his game or hate his game, he gets results. People say he doesn't make his players better. He absolutely makes his players better. You're just playing with the ultimate alpha, so you have to adapt your game and read and react to how he plays. And the beauty is, a.D played point guard his junior year in high school, and then he grew a 100 inches. Yeah, you know, so he can play around the perimeter if he needs to. Where Kevin, and, Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, playing with LeBron, you could tell they weren't super comfortable doing that from the get-go.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, going back to the Clippers, I think the only reason he probably includes them is because they can have cap space, and it's Los Angeles, and so maybe he's thinking he can attract some, some other primetime free agents. But the, the Boston thing is interesting to me because Boston is always brought up in trade talks for any superstar or free agency just because of what Danny Ainge has done and put together. They got Brad Stevens, a lot of young talent that they can give up. And, but I think at the end of the day, it's the uncertainty with Kyrie Irving, which is funny to me because Kyrie Irving at a, you like you can't trust Kyrie. No, in front of an entire, uh, a packed arena of Celtics fans, he said, I'm going nowhere. This is my home. Yeah. He asked them y'all want to see me here next year. Yeah, I mean, and then all of a sudden he says he owes nobody nothing. Yeah, he said I don't owe I don't owe nobody shit. <laughs> so like it with Kyrie, yeah. So he's just real uncertain with Kyrie. Um, so anyway, it'll and be And the interesting. most valuable the most valuable asset
0: in the Boston locker room is Coach Stevens. So he gets the most out of his players. I just don't see that working. And I don't think Boston has the pieces that New Orleans really wants. It's almost like New Orleans needs to get a few pieces that they need to rebuild. That's why they're asking so much out of the LA. So the, the most recent trade that got shut down by them, they're asking for more, more than what I'm about to read. They're asking for Lonzo ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, who's built like KD, by the way, doesn't play like him but he's built like him Rondo Lance Stevenson Michael Beasley and two first round draft picks I feel like you just traded your entire team well if you're AD or if you're the GM of New Orleans do you take that trade
1: I mean it's tough because I feel like I, I kind of disagree in that I feel like Boston has better quality pieces but like what though so, what do you give up that so, makes them still good so I'd rather have and again the Kyrie situation and then and then Davis coming out and saying no I don't really want to do Boston that plays a role but if I'm talking trade pieces for me as New Orleans GM I'd rather have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum than I would Tatum's not going anywhere for AD they're not I don't think Tatum will
0: ever be packaged in any way I, I could see them try. I could see them trying to lowball them, where they're like, "Hey, we'll yeah, give you for sure. They we'll would. give you Marcus Smart,
1: Al Horford, and Terry Rozier, and a second round pick." So let me ask you this then: If you're Boston, would you trade Tatum and Brown straight across? Forget salaries, all that stuff. Would you trade those two guys straight across for AD as the Boston GM? Sure, but that would never,
0: that's not even going to be an option. That would never be an option. From why and from whose standpoint? The Pelicans will never trade. That's. I think that's better pieces for the Pelicans than Ingram. No, because you get two first rounders as a kicker. And Ingram, keep in mind, he's dumb, but he's still 21. And he's shown a few flashes that give you hope. Lonzo Ball is an amazing pass first point guard. He's just a liability because he can't shoot. So who's and Kuzma? I hope someone sees some value in Kuzma. I look at him as more of a an Andrew Wiggins type, where he's going to chuck. Yeah, every like yeah, he may agree. he may drop forty points, but he's going to shoot no matter what. And against solid defenses, well, he gets exposed. He's
1: shooting like thirty-one percent or thirty percent from three this year. So it's not like you want that guy chucking. No, if I'm if I'm Boston.
0: I surprise everyone and I move Kyrie for him, not knowing if he's going to be loyal or not. You know, yeah, if you can, move if, him. if if I could move him, I would because he's a big deal. I mean, I would try my damnedest to get rid of Gordon Hayward, but no one's taken on that yeah, contract.
1: Good, good luck. Yeah, I just I for me the, the so the better prospect, just so I'm clear, and then you tell me what you think, the better prospect between Ingram and Tatum is Tatum. For sure, 100%. He's better, but... And a better prospect. Well, and Jalen Brown. Well, so that's where it gets... I mean, that's where you think
0: I don't think Danny Ainge is... If Danny Ainge doesn't get a raw deal where he just screws someone, he doesn't do (laughs) it. He doesn't do do it. So I don't see that happening. Yeah. So if you're in New Orleans, though, if you're the GM, you have to look at this and go, okay, look, my superstar player came to me and said that he's unhappy. First of all, Eighty, shut your mouth. We can try to fix this and make this better if you don't go public with it. If you do, it's going to get real complicated, and we don't promise you anything. Yep. And we have the right to screw you. We have the right to do what San Antonio said. You want to go to to Kauai? You want to go to LA? Okay, you're going to Canada, dude. (laughs) But that actually happened to work out for them, because Kauai, come to find out, is the real deal. So. But will he stay? And that... You know, that's if, where it all. If you have a superstar that's unhappy, you're. It just makes me worry about. Not saying Stephon Marbury was a superstar when he played for New York, but they were paying him just to sit out, yeah. and they never ended up getting anything from that. You know, so I look at it and go, get them, treat it like a bird in the hand analogy, where whatever you can get that's really solid, take. And they're getting a lot of pieces that they can move or wave. You get a few draft picks. The problem with New Orleans is I want to say the GM of the football team is the GM of the basketball team And they just of of the Saints. So it's like they don't – no one cares. No one's really – I mean, think about Chris Paul while he was there for six years. They never did anything. Yeah, David West. Sorry, that's not – you're not helping your star out. And that's when Chris Paul was the top. Right. When he was the best point guard in the league. So, all in all, do you, I mean, do you think a trade is
1: going to happen? Or do you think it's just they're going to sit on it? I think they're going to sit till the off season and make teams kind of bid against each other a little more. But the one thing I wanted to mention was, so AD come, comes out and demands this trade, or doesn't demand a trade, he just says, look, I'm not going to re-sign, essentially demanding a trade. He gets fined $50,000 by the league, which, how much money is that to him? That's like... If you and I find like four pennies on the ground, are we excited about that, or, yeah. or worried to lose that? You got, yeah. You were just fine six nickels. It screws, it screws over the franchise. So the, I, to me, the NBA needs to come down harder on that. Yeah, go go ahead and talk to the the front office and say I'm not going to resign here. Let them know. I think that's uh, an integrity move at least, that's, unlike that's, the Gordon Hayward. That's one thing Chris Paul did. Yes, that was pretty admirable
0: he said look i'm going to move get what you can for me yes make hey
1: any any plans you need to make do it now
0: because i'm out of here and
1: i respect that unlike what again you know gordon hayward does where he screws you at the last minute after leaving all kinds of evidence that he's going to resign oh i didn't know till the very
0: last second Yeah. Whatever, dude. You're telling everyone in your World of Warcraft, StarCraft
1: bullshit gaming leagues what you're doing. Dumbest uh, letter in the Players Tribune that I've ever read in my life. Player mobility.
0: I don't have a problem with players wanting to move to have a better environment, better, just a better place for them to succeed and accomplish the things that they want to.
1: But be professional. Yep. And, and just like if you're a GM, you should tell if you're shopping a player, I think you should tell them, tell that player that you're shopping them. And I know that gets it could get a little dicey on the court or whatever. And that's when, you know, things leak. But to me, it goes both ways. The GM needs to talk to the player. The player needs to talk to the GM. But neither of it needs to go public. Of course, we love hearing about it and talking about it. Do we not? Love but it. like, let's let's keep it professional. And at the end of the day, they
0: are assets, right? It is a business. So when players say, oh, you know, the," when LeBron said that GMs are slave owners, it's like, LeBron, I love you. Shut up. But that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, ever in my life. Shut up, LeBron. You're all assets. In the NFL, if you're hurt, next guy up. In the NFL, if you show up a pound overweight or a pound underweight, to your meals every day? That's a $1,000 fine. Yep. You have to have a certain build. Just like in the NBA, you are an asset. They get you for your specialty, right? You have to be a pro at shooting, on-ball defender. You're a 3 and D guy. You are just a utility guy like a Rodman You're, or a Ben Wallace. You're doing all the dirty work. These guys are assets A.D., hopefully everything in L.A. works because then it makes the NBA a little more interesting. This year, if there's no moves at the deadline, chalk it up as a loss for the NBA because Golden State's going to cruise through without even trying and win another championship. hundred percent. After talking about A.D. and free agency, we could talk about that forever. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Who knows if a deal gets made or not. We're hoping for it because the NBA will be interesting. Yep. And there might be somewhat of a threat in the West. But as of right now, Golden State is literally going to piss on everyone. Yep. So, funny thing transitioning to the East, the Washington Wizards, what's going on over there?
1: Holy smoke. So, John Wall comes out and supposedly tears his Achilles. At his house.
0: At his house, just like Carlos
1: Boozer tripped over a bag, huh? Yes. So And my, cut his hand, so tripping over a bag in his house. Amazing how that, all these in-home accidents. So for me, and this is a wild guess, I have zero inside information, but my hell, if he wasn't skiing or doing something. He, yeah, he's skiing moguls. Outside <laughs> of the scope of his contract that he's not allowed to do. Nobody tears their Achilles walking around at their house. Has that ever happened in the history of humanity? The guy was doing something. It wasn't in his contract. Normally the Achilles, when you tear it, you're
0: doing something explosive. Yeah. Right? It's not, I was
1: walking and snapped. Yeah, I was doing the dishes, damn it. and. All of a sudden, like, I heard a snap, and I called the front office and let them know, hey, I'm at home right now, and, you know, no, come on, like, I don't buy it. No,
0: it's, it's total BS, but, but... it doesn't matter, though, because he's a cheap player. It's not like he's expensive.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it's not like he didn't just sign a lucrative extension that he's in the first year of. So, John Wall. First of all, how valuable is John Wall to you?
0: Because, in his mind, he's the best point guard in the NBA, and a lot of people will say he's a top three, four point guard. What do you think? Well, in the highlight reels,
1: yeah. Like, he's a top four point guard. He's probably a top four athlete yeah, when well, healthy. Dude, those left-handed dunks through traffic are pretty special. But is he a top four point guard? No. When you look at his win shares, his, his ESPN real plus minus offensively and defensively. I hate Russell Westbrook's game. Yeah, Russell Westbrook's way more valuable to a team than John Wall. Yes. As
0: much as I hate to say that, because they pretty much shoot the same percentages.
1: Yeah, so he's a Russell Westbrook light, which is not a good thing to me. I just think he's totally overrated, and the Wizards are, of course, I think before this injury, they they were already regretting the big extension. But now with this injury,
0: holy hell. They're actually winning... 35% 35% more games without John Wall. Good hell. That that says it all right there. So, but what is the problem with
1: him? Why is, is he just dumb? What is it? You know, truthfully, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm trying, to, trying to put a guess at it, I just think he doesn't care defensively. I think he's more interested but in the But he can play D when he wants to. He's one of the better defenders when he wants to. He's long. You know, so he can guard point guards. I just don't feel like his heart is in the defense. And I feel like he he just doesn't make his teammates better. He might have eight assists one game, but he, I just don't feel like he's setting his teammates up for success. And he doesn't shoot well enough from
0: the field to justify how much he does shoot. Right. Westbrook, it's the same thing, but Westbrook does so many other things well. I mean, Westbrook had 24 assists the other night and 14 rebounds. That's stupid. Yep. I don't care who you are. That's stupid. If you're Boogie Cousins, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, John Wall, he's injured. Really, are you surprised? I mean, good, good luck to the Wizards because they are freaking screwed. No one, You can't trade an injured player. No one's going to want him and that wretched contract. You're screwed. How much is he set to make again over the next few years? So next year, or this year, 19 mil. Okay. 2020, 37 mil. Oh. (laughs) The year after that, 40 mil. Then 43 million. And then the last year (laughs) of his contract, 46 million dollars. To a guy that tore his Achilles, which takes at least 12 months to come back from. And will he be the same? Mm, probably not. He won't be as explosive, but then again, Adrian Peterson came back way better. So yeah, but but he's a robot. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Terminator. Yeah. So and the hard thing too is when you go all in on a, you put the franchise tag on a player that is an amazing athlete, but doesn't have a, a really high basketball IQ,
1: and basketball skills aren't elite. That's worrisome. Well, in second round, dude, have they ever gotten out of the second round? In the weaker East. I don't think they ever have. And honestly,
0: last year. So last year, the weaker East, right? LeBron took a special Olympics team to the finals. Okay. So they couldn't get past Boston. Boston didn't have Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, who were their best players. They had Al Horford. Scary Terry and Mr. Morris. That's it. If you can't beat that team, you need to start from scratch and rebuild, I think.
1: Uh, they need to because they're, I mean, well, they're screwed. Because, again, they're paying John Wall, you know, 35 to $40 million. They're screwed. There's literally nothing they can do, in my opinion, that I could ever see or, or concoct to to put them on a path to win anytime soon. I I don't see it. Good luck. Total bummer
0: for Washington. Hope you can figure it out. John Wall's just sitting back laughing because he's making that cheddar stack while his team actually plays better without him. So funny how that works. Funny. Next, Paul George, PG. We've talked about him before. And he's killing it this year. We were wrong about him. I was wrong for sure. I was
1: wrong as well.
0: I thought he was just a chucker. He's just trying to get his. But he looks like a polar opposite from what we saw last year in OKC.
1: I still don't get it. I mean, we've talked about, okay, you get rid of Carmelo and instantly you're better as a team. I I understand that part of it. But does that that in and of itself really have that – weigh that much into Paul George playing this damn good of basketball. Check these stats out.
0: Right now, he's averaging over the last seven games, he's averaging 34 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2.5 steals, shooting 51%, and shooting 55% from 3. That's (sighs) ridiculous. Hot damn. And, is it Billy Donovan? Is it him, is it Russell Westbrook realizing that... George is way better than him. That he's just not the closer that he wants to be and deferring more is Schroeder. Hell no. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just trying to figure this out. I don't know I, I, yeah. what... I When you watch PG play, though, he's so much more composed and calm and doesn't rush anything or force anything. He just looks like... He knows he's the man, and he's confident. Where last year, it looked like as soon as he'd get a catch, he was chucking. Or Westbrook would look him off when he was open, and then PG would roll his eyes.
1: Yeah. Maybe they're just in sync now.
0: Whatever the chemistry is, it's working, and we're really big on Paul George right now. Now, are they going to do anything in the playoffs?
1: I couldn't imagine they are. I mean... Do they who's going to beat the Warriors? Do they remotely challenge the Warriors? No. How do you beat the Warriors? You 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 go space jam style and you get some aliens you, who can ball. You need the monstars.
0: You have to you have to beat the crap out of them. I figure if you're going up against Golden State and you're you're Russell Westbrook, your MO isn't to try to beat them at their game, hit a bunch of shots. You're trying to you're trying to injure Steph Curry. Yeah. Because Steph Curry on that team is the MVP. I think KD is obviously a better player. Yeah. But as far as value to that team, Steph Curry is the most important piece. You hurt him. You run him off of everything. And you get, you get thrown out of a game because you're trying to injure him. That's the only way. How else are you going to beat him? Th- that's it. And then you just pray to the high heavens that Clay Thompson's not hitting that Durant and Draymond are going at each other. Oh, and that Boogie is already thrown out of the game because, oh yeah, they have a fifth All-NBA player on their team. So, another trade talk that's interesting going on right now.
1: Jabari Parker for Contavious Caldwell Pope in L.A. What do you think about that? So, I believe they both expire at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, team option for Jabari. So hell no, that's not going to get picked up. And we know Popes on the last year. So look straight up like if you're if you're the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, for sure I'd do it. I mean, you've seen Kentavious Caldwell-Pope's role get reduced dramatically this year from last year. And he's an okay player. Like he's a decent like eighth or ninth guy to have on your roster. Or 10th or 11th but, or 12th or G League? Yes, but you you hope that with a guy like Jabari lebron can get through to him i mean there's a reason they signed beasley um and did beasley not play with him in miami as well like on that second stint i could be wrong but i don't don't
0: think he ever did maybe
1: not so but lebron you take these projects like jr smith and you say okay jr smith is uber talented can LeBron change his stupidity and his just bad decision-making? You can't fix stupid, but no. you can try to help. But you can control it a little bit, and you can argue, of course, he had that stupid moment in Game 1 of the NBA Finals that everyone will remember J.R. Smith for. But how about that three he hit late in the game, right before um, Iguodala was blocked from behind by LeBron? A couple, Like a minute before that, Smith had a big three, and generally speaking, Smith played pretty damn well. And again, can LeBron take a project like that, a guy who's super talented? I think
0: Jabari has way more upside than J.R. Smith.
1: No doubt. J.R. Smith
0: has brain damage.
1: Yes. And look what, but my point is, look what LeBron did with J.R. Smith and what could he do with a guy like Jabari. And why not take a chance on that guy for the rest of this year just to see how he reacts and see what LeBron can do with him and see if he's a piece for the future. I agree. Pope's not Pope. If you're Chicago,
0: you want you're already the time is done with Jabari. You want you just want him as far away from your franchise as possible. So why not send him to LA? And Pope, he can shoot, kind of shoot, sorta. He, he's okay, but it's kind of a wash as far as Chicago is concerned. I agree with you though. If anyone can get the most out of Jabari and try to get him to care on the defensive end. It's LeBron, and he knows that if he's playing with the king and he's not doing his role, he's out. Yep. Because LeBron's not going to stand for that.
1: Yeah, it's your one chance,
0: Jabari. To resurrect your career, dude. You've yeah. had two ACL surgeries. You've expressed that you don't care, and you're not happy. Now's your time, and I feel like Jabari is a good kid. Like, he's a good dude. He's harmless. He's harmless. You don't have to worry about him getting into trouble off of the court. But why are we worrying about him on court, right? Why are we worrying about him being unhappy when all he has to do is keep his mouth shut and play and buy in? So it could make some sense for L.A., though, because this is a player that can create his own shot anytime he wants. And that's something
1: that this L.A. team right now struggles with. Big time. I, I think it's a good trade for both teams. Again, because Chicago, they they just want to be done with Jabari. They need to move on. And for the Lakers, you get the upside. I, I think there's no downside to do this deal for either team because, again, it, it it all expires at the end of this year. So why not?
0: So moving on,
1: D'Angelo Russell, are you surprised? Yeah. Yes. Yes, had very you writ- much so. Had you written him off? 100%. So, I mean, even the Lakers did. The Lakers said, you know what? We've got Lonzo Ball coming in. Like, we're going to draft him. We don't need Who Russell. Who would you rather have right now? Russell is playing
0: so much better. Is he not? Yeah, he's composed. He's kind of looking like a veteran out there. You know, so. In Brooklyn. And Brooklyn sucks. Where he has no support. No, Dinwiddie doesn't count. If, if Dinwiddie's your start. next
1: best player, like. Gary, please.
0: or not Gary Harris, uh. What's his name? Harris that played at Virginia. Shooter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They all suck. So, interesting with D'Angelo Russell, over the last three games, he scored 100 points combined without attempting a single free throw. Now, Harden, there was a little comparison between him and Harden. So, Harden, over the last five games, is averaging 52 points per game. Which is sickening. That's so many.
1: I can't comprehend that. That's so
0: many. He is the best one-on-one player in the league, hands down. And he was doing that without Chris Paul. Tucker, who, when he shoots his release, the ball spins to the side and backwards. Sidewinder. So, he's like a circus freak out there. (laughs) And his game against New Orleans, Harden scored 61 points, had 15 boards. And five steals. That's sickening, okay? So the comparison is D'Angelo Russell scored that many points. Well, scored 100 points in three games combined without attempting a single free throw. And it's, you know, the question is what's better? That versus the 7,000 free throws in the same stretch that Harden took. What's your take on that? So, and let's be real, all bias out of it. We may hate the way Harden
1: plays, but and and that's my first point. Look, like aesthetically speaking, yeah, I want to see what Russell's doing. No one wants to watch a bajillion free throws taken in a game, and and go to a game that takes like three and a half, four hours. This is not football, but from an efficiency standpoint, you cannot argue against free throws. Free throws are. Huge because again, if you're not hitting, like if you're Harden and you're shooting, you just don't have that touch. He can still get to the line anytime he wants, and he's gonna make both free throws. If he doesn't score,
0: if he doesn't hit a single shot from the field, he could still have 20 points and beat you. He
1: could be 0 for 10 from the field, he'll still
0: have a triple double and, and beat yeah. you. So, so I, I agree, and I would love to nitpick Harden's game. D'Angelo Russell, you're shooting out of your mind lately. But you have to hit those shots. If you don't hit those shots, you're not helping your team. As a point guard, if you can't get into the key anytime you want and draw attention, that's a problem. So I'm going to side with the professional scorer. The other thing Harden does when he draws those fouls, because he's so ball dominant, he gets to rest. He gets to chill while he's shooting those free throws. That's a great point. He's chalking up points, and he kills the momentum for the other team. The other team comes down and hits two threes. They're pumped. Harden will come down and draw three three straight fouls in a row. Yep. Their momentum is gone. And that's his whole MO. Kobe Bryant came out and said, what Harden's doing is amazing, but you can't win a championship like that, which I agree with 100%. You won't. Not with that team. But it still speaks volumes that Harden is putting up 50, Averaging 52 points in the NBA, mind you, over the last five games is silly. That game, we watched that game together where he beat Golden State by himself, and the refs tried to cheat Houston out of it, and they still won. Remember when KD took eight steps out of bounds and saved it to Steph for that jumper? Yeah, and then there was about 100 memes created from that. Yeah, just love or hate Harden. I'm going to always side with a guy that can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and can always catch the defense
1: cheating. Whether it's a foul or not, he's dialed and has it figured out. So the one question with James Harden is, can he do it in the playoffs? Because he really hasn't. It's a long season. You're right. It's a long season.
0: 82 games is a lot of games. Fatigue kicks in. Injury kicks in. And... Playoffs playoffs is the one time where they throw everything at you. They're actually playing to win. You don't have teams where it's like, you know what, this is sixth game of our road trip. We just don't care anymore. Right. Chalk this up as a loss. If Harden gets fifty, so what? So I agree with you. I don't think that's sustainable. I don't think he'll be able to he'll probably still put up big numbers in the playoffs, but they'll lose. And and, and and they're a lot worse than they were this year. Yes, he puts up big. He team.
1: puts up bigger numbers, but losing Ariza killed them. Yeah, and honestly, again, it's it's and it's not just the production in the playoffs, but it's being clutch. We just haven't seen that yet from James Harden, and that's the one question that he has to answer to his critics. I think
0: I agree. So, Clay Thompson scored forty-four points the other night. All forty-four points were assisted on.
1: Wow! See, look, it's it's system, and then it's obviously guys. The de- the defense has to worry about so many guys, and we've talked about this a little before, that it just opens everything up for Clay. But it is an art to get open, and Clay is damn good at it. He's the best. And Steve Kerr sets him up very wisely. You have
0: five guys that demand attention at all times on the floor. There's no way to defend Golden State. You can't help off of anyone, even freaking Boogie Cousins is money from deep. Yeah, you know Draymond who shoots with a backpack on will still catch you sleeping and back cut, and they're smart. They just have it figured out. He scored forty four points on four dribbles. That tells me number one he's amazing where he can move without the ball. His feet are set and he's always ready to shoot. We talk about that all the time. How important that is. Yep. Also he has players that are unselfish enough to find him. When Harden scored 61 points,
1: how many of those points were assisted on? Zero. Zero. What does that Crazy. tell you? Just just different games, different systems, different players, but it, it goes to show you that, hey, play to your strengths. Don't try and be someone out there that you're not. If you're good at catch and shoot, freaking catch and shoot. If you're good at what James Harden does, do what James Harden does. But it's it's a combination of coaches and then players understanding what they're good at.
0: I agree. Moving on to Luka Doncic, who is
1: freaking unreal. So look, breaking down that trade a little, I, I I'm just so curious. Like, how are those two going to play together? Like, how how's it going to work? So so again, that trade with Chris Dapps, bringing him over. So the trade the trade was from New York. To Dallas,
0: Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardway Jr. Gotta stop right there. Cool little stat. So, Dirk Nowitzki in 2001 actually played with Tim Hardway Sr. Killer crossover, Tim Hardway Sr. Love that. 18 years later, 2019, Dirk is going to play with Tim Hardway Jr. Super cool stat. You got to love Dirk that he's even still hanging around. You love it because he loves the game. I'm happy for him. So, yeah, you got Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Hardway Jr., and Trey Burke. Vomit Trey Burke. Yes. To Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, and a first round pick. What are your thoughts? Uh, Because it's kind of a weird trade. Weird trade. And I want to say both teams win. Or maybe it's sixes. I don't know.
1: So, so truthfully, I don't know. But so my thoughts on it are this: obviously, Chris Staps wasn't happy in New York for whatever reason. Um, you know, obviously he's been super. New York injured. is dysfunctional too.
0: He's yeah. injured all the time. Everyone booed him when he went there in the first place. No one believed in him. Yep. And when he was the only guy there. When he was the only talented player there, of course you're going to get banged up when you're a 7'3", 200 hundred pound, yeah, freak, where everything runs through you.
1: You're going to get hammered. So from from New James New- Dolan is so dumb by yes. the way, yes,
0: so dumb.
1: So from New York's perspective, I think they look at it as salary cap relief because they're going to waive or or they'll expire um, both uh, DeAndre Jordan and West Matthews. Um, and they want to make a run at Kyrie and maybe Durant. You know, that's that's got to be their... Why
0: would you want Kyrie? Why would you want someone that's not even loyal to the best system he could be in right now?
1: Because it's James Dolan. You just said it. They they do dumb they're stuff. Just dumb. Could you imagine if they sign Kyrie and New York fans are so damn excited, and then Durant doesn't come? Do you think a team led dude? That's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were awful. They won like they won nineteen th- games. Yes, nineteen it's, games.
0: It's doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But that's that's how they're looking at it. But Dennis Smith Jr. already is looking like a good fit in New York. When you're not playing along. Luka Doncic, who is the youngest player to average, or not to average, the youngest player to record multiple triple doubles in a season, which is incredibly impressive for him being a rookie. We could go on forever about how amazing that dude is, but Dennis Smith Jr. is a pretty good fit. DeAndre Jordan, I feel like as long as your coach isn't completely inept, you can find a way to use him. For sure, but I mean, I, I I
1: think their whole play there is just salary cap relief. Same with Wes Matthews. Do you Same, think they're yeah, just the, going to boot him at the end of the year? Yeah, those guys will, will both be gone, maybe even w- right w- now. Watch them both go to Golden State then. Oh, that'd be great. That you. That's going to happen. Good hell, shoot me now.
0: And a first-rounder. All in all, it'll be interesting to see Chris Stapps play next to Doncic, but Porzingis is never healthy. Never he, so he's I He's played... In March, one time in his career. Seriously? Yes. Okay, so that, that'll that be interesting. Time will tell. I'm predicting he still won't be healthy and we'll never really get... He'll probably be the Penny Hardway where he showed all the oh, promise. Oh,
1: so sad. For Grant
0: Hill, he's just always plagued with injuries, and we never really get to see what he has to offer. Penny,
1: penny was fun, and that was sad. I had a pair of pennies. Well, dude...
0: And they got stolen from a 24-hour fitness. Tragic. Savage. So, another trade. Rodney Hood from Cleveland to Portland for Nick Stauskas and a second pick. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I wouldn't touch Rodney Hood with a 50-foot pole. I wouldn't. That's me. I I despise his game.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, so I get that. So I think from Portland's standpoint, here's how they look at it. Rodney Hood can do more things than Nick Stauskas. Nick Stauskas True. is good at shooting, but guess what? He's only shooting 34% from deep. Hood is shooting 36 So I think they look at it and say, hey, he's a longer, uh, more able and capable defender. He's shooting better. He's shooting better. And, and he
0: doesn't. Sorry to cut you off, but Stauskas is a lesser version of Reddick, where much he lesser. can't create off the – yeah, much, much. He's 15% of Redick. Yeah. And he can only create – well, he can't create. He can only get his shot off, off of the picks. he's always has to be moving. Nothing off the dribble where Hood can kind of back you down, create space, and shoot. Yes. I just don't like Hood playing alongside McCollum and Lillard because I can I can picture it now. Lillard is passing it to him from the corner, like short corner to Rodney Hood on the wing, just to get the ball back from him to reset. And Rodney Hood's already trying to make a play. Yep. You know, he's already trying to make a play, and he's forcing a stupid contested shot. And Lillard and McCollum are like, who's this clown?
1: Yeah, so I, my my only counter argument to that would be Terry Stotts is a damn good coach. And when when True. Rodney Hood was with Quinn Snyder, he was actually like kind of a basketball player. And I think that Terry Stotts may be able to get something out of him compared to whoever Cleveland's coach is right now. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I, I like that trade from Portland's standpoint because Hood is cheap. I don't know what his deal is right now. I just think you're not getting 34% from a, from a quote-unquote shooter just isn't getting me excited. So, move him. Get... I I agree. I just don't love if you're not hitting
0: 40-50% of your threes, especially if they're good looks. I don't want you shooting threes.
1: Yeah, stop shooting.
0: So, Trey Young is surprisingly good. So, what were
1: your takes when he, what was your take on him when he entered the league? So, in summer league, and I one, I'm one of those idiots that actually kind of watches summer league. Because it's 120 degrees outside, and I don't want to go outside. And so I just watched Summer League, and he couldn't even get a catch. He couldn't even, like, penetrate and get into the mixer. Like, he couldn't. Why, though? Because he's just small and didn't know how to use his body. And so I looked at him thinking, holy hell, he can't do this in Summer League? Like, how on God's green earth is he going to do that against NBA talent? Do you think any of that
0: has to do you think that has anything to do with just the quality of summer league because everyone's trying to prove themselves you're not getting no one really feeds off each other they're all trying to be the hero they're all trying to earn contracts and get paid my take is because we knew when he played at Oklahoma that he could create and he could shoot from anywhere yeah he leaves his apartment and he's in range he can shoot yep so you're right though He. He wasn't surprising anybody with his play in Summer League. So, well, and it's funny
1: that Atlanta traded up for him, right? That was shocking. And, of course, I again, I, I was a Doncic fan from day one. I thought he should have gone number one. It's Trust me, guys, it's literally the only pick I've probably got right before the fact. Um, but it was surprising that they did that. But for me, trade what Trey Trey Young is doing right now is pretty cool based on what we saw from him in summer league because he looked atrocious and it does go to show with summer league like you said it's garbage basketball at the end of the day it's not there's no system there's no chemistry and so you got a guy like I, I'll never forget Mo Almond Morris Almond who, who killed it absolutely destroyed competition In summer league. It was too easy for him. It Like 47 a game for – he had a a stretch of 44 games. From Rice, right? Yes, from Rice. and But he could never make it in the league. And so, yeah, you can't take what you see in the summer league and say, okay, yeah, it's going to translate to the NBA. And it it goes both ways. You suck in the summer league, you can be good in the NBA. So I I don't know how these GMs go out and scout the summer league. Like – and actually figure out who's good and who's not because it's a shit show. It's a crap shoot. It's crazy. Yeah, that,
0: that would, that'll be an interesting conversation to have. We need to get some big hitter on here and ask him those questions. So, Trey Young, over the last five games, is averaging 27 points and 8 assists. That's remarkable. For a rookie, number one, a guy that looks like he's on the sandlot, Looks like he's 11 years old. Okay? This is a guy that, like you, watching the summer league, I just don't know how this is going to translate to the NBA pace, the NBA physicality, the NBA size. And obviously, he's figured it out. And coaching may have a lot to do with it as well. But eight assists, so over the last five games, 30 – So. He, he scored 30 and 8, then 26 and 8, 23 and 8, 28 and 9, and then 27 and 8 assists. What stands out to me isn't the points, because he could always shoot. He could always score. But when you're that valuable, in the NBA to average, 8 assists is really tough. Yes. Okay? So, everyone's big. And lots of times, it's not that you're not finding the right guys. You have to set guys up to where they're in a position to actually score. Not just... I mean, if you play Golden State, you could average seven assists just by being on the floor because everyone's so good. So, he doesn't have a lot of talent around him,
1: right? No, and they've won 19 games. So... And how many games? We're not even halfway through the season. yet? No, I mean they're not in that bottom tier, and they're supposed to be rebuilding. And a large part of it is Trey Young. It's not—he's not everything. The co- great coach. I mean, the the system. I would like him to shave hard. his
0: little mustache or whatever he has going on. Yeah, because it's like one of those. He's not
1: real. It's like it's the, not coming in. It's full. like
0: the child molester stash. Yeah, you kind—you got to shave that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 until he grows up and goes through puberty, he should just shave it off. The the little peach fuzz he has. Even though he hasn't gone
0: through puberty, he's playing like he has. No and doubt. he's balling out. He's he's tough from deep. When you can attract that much attention from around the perimeter, guys, the defense has to key in on you, and lots of times they're overplaying because they don't want you to even get a catch, let alone get up, get up another shot. So as they overplay him, he beats them off the dribble, and he finds guys. And he has a really... He has a great court vision and he has a high basketball IQ. I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. He's been a huge surprise. Yep. Now, Doncic, Trey Young, who do you want? No question. Yep. You know, you want Luka, but if you're the Hawks, you can't be feeling too bad about picking up Trey
1: Young because 27 and 8 is ridiculous for a rookie. Well, and even when you're picking 3rd or 4th or 5th, there's no guarantee you're getting an All-Star type guy. What do you mean the Jazz got Exum for their fifth pick? <laughs> exactly. And, and he plays really hard defense. Yeah, when he's healthy, which is never. And that's of course an exaggeration cuz he's a, he's a he's a reasonable defender, but it just goes to show that when you're picking there, dude, yes, Atlanta be happy with what you have. No, you don't have Luka, but you've got a player that looks to be the looks to play the part of a third overall pick or whatever he was. Because, again, you don't always get top-tier talent there. Well, who was there before? Schroeder? Oh, good hell. Like, who who would you rather have? Honestly, you want Trey Young. No, Schroeder is a net negative for the OKC Thunder. He was always bad for the Hawks. I mean, he was like 19th overall. You know, it's not like he was a top-tier pick. But it just goes to show it it's you know you can swing and miss with a third or fourth overall pick left and right. It happens all the time. And if
0: Trey Young's a liability on defense, guess what? Steve Nash was the biggest liability ever on defense. Yes. He's the worst defender. Dudes from rec league that are overweight with like two knee braces can beat him off the dribble. But because he's so gifted offensively. And he's so unselfish and understands the game so well. You have to have him on the floor. So, can't speak highly enough of Trey Young right now. Another big surprise this year is Jalil Okafor. What has happened? So and f- what and what was he third pick overall for the Sixers, yep. and they they couldn't even justify giving him garbage minutes.
1: So. Look, he can't defend a garbage can. So Jalil Okafor, he was always really talented, but to me, he's like an Ennis Cantor—not no. as dumb. Hold up, not as dumb, but he—he he wants to bang low on the block, get rebounds, and shoot a high percentage. Al Jefferson, kind of like Al Jefferson, but he's a liability defensively. You put him in a pick and roll if you're the opposing team, you put him in a pick and roll every time and he will get torched. So in that, in that, in that way, he's similar to Cantor, Al Jefferson, where yes, you have good post moves and you can score 22 points on eight of 12 shooting and have 12 boards and it looks pretty solid, but is it, is it the type of basketball that's going to win you games? I still question it, but at least he's getting out there and putting up some stats because New Orleans needs something to be happy about. What's your take? Well, seeing the way he's playing over the last five games,
0: so over the last five games, he's had 20 and 10, 17 and 10, 18 and 8, 24 and 15, and 27 points and 12 rebounds. And over that stretch, he's shooting 75% from the field. That right there, and call me crazy, justifies making a move with AD. I go, "Look, we're not totally dead at that position. We have someone that's at least serviceable, right? Granted, he's not getting the stops, he's not the defensive presence yeah. that that AD is, but those are big-time numbers, 24
1: and 15, 27 and 12. That's a big deal." Yeah, it look, those are good numbers. It, to me if They lost those games, by the way. Of course. And to me if if he is your starting center, there is no scenario where you have a winning record. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but I think he's a backup center that can come in and put up some points against the, you know, the the backups, the second unit of the opposing team. But to me, he's not again, if he's your starting center, you're going literally nowhere. That that's that's my opinion. Maybe that's harsh, maybe it's wrong, but that's still where I'm at with Jill Okafor. So, I can't really argue
0: Because I don't, outside of winning a title with Duke, there's not much I can say that, you know, speaks volumes about the type of competitor he is. It looked like he was just the kind of guy that wasn't having fun, needed the right scenario. I'm glad that he's found a good fit in New Orleans and that, honestly, he's doing really well offensively. Defensively, let's not even go there. But if I'm the GM, of the Pelicans, and I know that there's offense there. It's not a bad thing. It's not.
1: It's a good problem to have. Yes, this is a good thing for New Orleans. Do I think it like really when, changes when things? When Etwan
0: Moore is your number no. one option, exactly. Sorry, you tank and you try to go after Zion. Exactly. And, and speaking of, hey, let's just end on talking about this real quick. Zion Williamson is the biggest freak athlete. When people say, "Oh, he's you know he's a he's a great athlete. no, he's the greatest athlete basketball has ever seen, and I don't care if he looks like your chubby cousin.
1: It's crazy. He kills. So, is there any scenario that he's not the number one overall pick? Is someone dumb enough to pick New
0: York's dumb enough Barrett, or they'll say, "Oh, we'll get Barrett because he's a he's like a Harden, you know, he's going to generate instant offense." You know something crazy? Over the last seven games, why don't you guess what percentage? Just, just what you would think. Shooting percentage. From for, the field. For Barrett? Z- no, Zion, oh, Zion. Williamson.
1: I, well, I mean, I know I, I know better. I mean, my, my guess is going to be 70%. 85% <laughs> a, yeah. from the field.
0: 85%. And if he wasn't shooting threes, 94%. Good hell. So, this is a guy... That, first of all, if we're just talking about his body, this is a 6'7", 290. Some people are saying he's 300 pounds. That has a 45-inch vertical. That does everything well but shoot outside. But he shoots well enough outside to where you kind of have to pay attention to him. Unlike Ben Simmons where you just sit in the
1: key and pray to God that He he's just chucking. Yeah, that he's willing to shoot, which is pretty rare. So for for Zion, I mean you look at the teams that are gonna be in the mix for the top pick. You got Phoenix, you have New York. Yep. New York. Ooh, Cleveland. Ah that would be that would be ugly. And Chicago. So those are really the teams that are vying for that number one overall pick. So where would you like to see him drafted? Phoenix, no question.
0: And the reason for that is you have a knockdown shooter in Booker. You do need a point guard. You absolutely do need a point guard there. Just a pass first unselfish guy, but you have a knockdown shooter in Booker who's going to demand a lot of attention. Ayton seriously
1: has been awesome this year. Could you imagine those two and what their their front court field goal percentage would be? Sickening. Whenever I look at the box score from Phoenix, it's
0: like, wow, Ayton was 16 for 20, or he was 9 for 11, and Zion is that same player. Zion will have 30 points on 13 field goal attempts. How is that even possible? You know, I think Phoenix is the best fit. I think Cleveland is the worst fit. They just have nothing going for them. They're dead, and it's Dan Gilbert, I mean... If you screw up having LeBron two different times, what's going to happen with Zion?
1: I, he will go there to waste. And I don't love Sexton. I don't. I don't. Oh. I don't love his game at all. And so for me, they just have nothing going for them. They did win the title. So look, if I'm Cleveland, I'm happy for a while. But as far as fits Ob- for obvious, Zion, obviously you want Zion. Oh yeah. I, just from us as like fans of the NBA and what we want to see, for sure it's Phoenix. Second place to me would be Chicago because, you know, at least you have uh, Lauri uh, Markinen or however the hell you say his last name. Yeah. Um, you know, Levine. Like maybe he's on the trade and, block. And they're actually trying to trying yeah. to move him. So, but at least there's something there because because a decent player um, with some up with some upside. But I just feel like the other teams we're talking about really don't have anybody with real upside. There's nothing to be excited about there. I, New York, right? I mean, no. Dennis Smith Jr., like we talked about them a little bit. Like, I don't hate them bringing him in because he's $4.5 a, a year and he's got some upside. But, I mean, I don't love putting two non-shooters together in Smith no. and Zion.
0: That's It's like Barrett and Zion right now. Like they play against Syracuse, they play against a zone. Yeah, Barrett shot thirty shots and had seventeen points. He was four of seventeen from three. Okay, if I'm one, if I'm these four teams, my number one option is Zion. My number two option is probably Cam Reddish, or Ja Morant, or even Bol Bol before Barrett, because with Barrett you know what you're getting. You're going to get a guy that's selfish, that chucks, that's
1: all about him. Hey, what's the nice way to call those, uh, the nice term to call those guys? Heroes. Yeah, hero. The other one, volume shooter. Yeah, chuckers, man. Is is basically a chucker. He,
0: so, funny thing, Zion has not had a single game this year where he has had more field goal attempts than points. Okay? He's incredibly efficient, shooting everything. 85% over the last seven games from the field. We're not talking – and, by the way, his free throws are like 60%. Yeah, not great. So he's struggling there, obviously. Barrett has 11 games this year where he has shot more field goals than had points. In college. That's bad. And you have Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, Jack White, Trey Jones. You have these other guys that demand attention. And to me, it's just a basketball IQ. We watched them lose to Gonzaga where the five possessions in a row, he forces something. And maybe it's an ego thing, it's pride, where he goes, no, I'm the number one guy. I was the number one guy out of Canada. It's me. Everything's got to run through me. And Zion's, Zion's actually unselfish, too. Super,
1: super He's almost unselfish. too
0: unselfish. Like, he'll have games where he shoots at nine times and has 20 points, First of all, how the hell does that happen? And he's cool with it. And, I mean, I just want to see Zion be successful. And I think he may be the greatest athlete to ever play. I mean, we're talking Bo Jackson. Yeah. We're like Deion Sanders. I've never seen a guy that can do what he does. And he has such a soft touch.
1: Yeah. Around
0: for, the rim. For being that explosive. He'll get hammered. Guys will hop on him like a backpack, and he'll still finish. I agree with you. New York sucks, but it would be fun to see him in a big city. But you won't get the most out of Zion if he goes to New York. No. Same with Cleveland. Phoenix? He will go there to die. His career will rot. He'll rot. He'll, he'll stop
1: playing basketball. He'll start playing kickball leagues because he's not having any fun. Would he not be like a top five draft pick in the NFL today, even if he's never played football in his life. Yeah. Cause what position does he play football? It doesn't yeah. matter. Plug him in at any position. D end linebacker, defensive tackle, uh, fullback it, anything, it doesn't matter. So if he does go to one of those organizations, he'll probably just decide, you know what, I'm going to go to the NFL. He's, he's that type of athlete. We've never seen it before I'm not saying, and I don't think you're saying, that he's like the most talented guy right now that we've ever seen. But from an athletic and just physical standpoint, he is something we have never seen before. Never. And I just hope,
0: I just want the best for him. That's a kid that genuinely wants to win. He's passionate. He's freaking skilled. Something we're going to have to address on another pod, because we'll close this one up, is Coach K... Awesome recruiter, great coach, apparently. Why won't he yell at a guy like Barrett and say, Hey, you're passing up, you're passing up Zion in the post. Why don't you advance the ball to a point guard? Hey, you shot 17 threes. You need to shoot 80% less than that from deep. Why is it with these blue chip athletes? And maybe it's the same in the NBA. Why don't you see these guys get reamed? Why doesn't Coach K put the fear of God into every single one of those players? Coach Calipari
1: does it. Bobby Knight did it. And he got the most out of his players. So my one explanation, possible explanation for that would be that Coach K doesn't want a reputation to where kids don't like playing with him. Kids want to go there and be the man and get drafted really high in the NBA draft. And I feel like... If, if he starts yelling at guys, um, they're soft. Guys are soft. They're just and millennials they're, or what? Yeah, they're snowflakes. And so word gets out, and then I think it's going to be easier for a top-tier talent next year to say, you know what? I kind of heard how things went with Barrett, and I'm going to go somewhere else where it's going to be easier for me. Who the hell knows? It makes no sense to me. I'm just trying to grasp at any possible argument To defend Coach K and not saying, hey, Barrett, guess what? You're shooting 29%. You see your teammate over there? He's shooting 85%. Who should be shooting the ball? It's real simple to you and me. I don't know why he doesn't do it. Well,
0: and a guy like Cam Reddish, you can flat out stroke, who I would take if I'm these GMs. I take Reddish over Barrett. And I'm not taking it away from the fact that Barrett is nasty and he can create his own shot anytime he wants. I just don't want a guy that's going to shoot me out of games. Yep. I don't want a guy that's going to get 40 points and we still lose. I'd rather have a guy like Cam Reddish who's kind of built and kind of plays like Paul George, you know, and I feel like Reddish's percentages are down way, way low because rarely does he get set up to be successful. You have a guy like Reddish that only passes when he has to pass it. Right. He doesn't just make the right basketball play. The, what kills me is on the – and. I know we get, we're get we going long, but what kills me is they're running the fast break, Cam Reddish is open, Barrett looks at him, he's wide open, looks at him, looks at him, looks at him, and then tries to finish on two defenders instead of just making the right play. If I'm Coach K, I pull him aside, I put my arm around him, and I say, hey, I'm not going to embarrass you on national TV, I'm not going to make this in public, but you're going to stay in the locker room at halftime. You can tell people you're sick, whatever. Yeah, but if you play like a selfish asshole, you can't play for me. If I'm the coach, yes. The, the Say, look, I'm not. I'm not gonna make you cry. Yeah, not in front of everybody on ESPN or on CBS during March Madness. I'm not gonna do that. But I can't use you if you're gonna play like that. The,
1: look, the worst teammate you can have on the floor is a shooter who can't shoot. He thinks he's a shooter. Well said. I like that. But he's not actually a good shooter, but he shoots a ton because, again, he thinks he's a shooter. We talk about that in city
0: leagues, even. We have guys that can dunk between their legs, 360 dunk. But
1: that doesn't mean we need guys to be chucking. Not at all. Let shooters shoot. If you are a true shooter, shoot. But if you're the the shooter that's really not a shooter, and I'm probably talking about myself right now, But if you're that guy who's actually, you think you're a shooter, but your averages are like 31%, 34%, guess what? Turns out you're not a shooter. And your team loses to bad teams because of that. Look, we freaking love basketball. Thank you guys for listening. We just hit a milestone for total listens. We're super stoked about it. Um, Thanks for tuning into this pod. Also, questions. We we,
0: We love the last mailbag. Send the email to NBA Real Talk Podcast at gmail.com. And we will try to get to as many questions as we can. Again, that's NBA Real Talk Podcast at gmail.com. And if you're in the Sandy, Utah area, go over to Park Five right now for some freaking cookies and a dirty diet Coke! Right now, go!